at the info track. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. There are certainly many negative factors involved when young people join gangs. A recent study adds mental health problems to that list. Here to explain is the co-author of that study, Chris Meldy, Associate Professor of Criminal Justice at Michigan State University. Professor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Just to give us the big picture, about how many people are members of gangs in the United States right now? Current estimates from the National Gang Center put that right around 850,000. That is based on law enforcement intelligence estimates and their reports to the National Gang Center. And your study found that there were mental health problems and depression. Tell us about that. One of the things in reading through the extensive literature on gangs and the profile of gang members, as well as reading the literature on mental health problems among adolescents and young adults in particular, we noted that there's a real similarity in the risk factors for both depression as well as gang membership. Things such as problems with one's family, problems in school. So many of the same risk factors for both depression and gang membership were noted. Do suicidal tendencies go along with that level of depression? We don't make a direct connection between the two, and here's why. Most of the instruments that we use, and when we're measuring gang membership kind of at a national level and trying to figure that out, are relative measures. And so we are by no means identifying people as having depression from more of a medical standpoint. This is people who have more depressive symptoms on a scale. Studies out there have linked depression with suicidal tendencies, absolutely. But in our study, we don't make that direct link. We're more looking at the presence or absence of a relative measure of depression. I guess there are a number of reasons why young people join gangs. Did you go into that at all in your research? Yes, and that's actually something that we've been studying for some time. Typically, when we interview gang members or when we survey general populations of youth and some of them end up to be gang members, what we find is many of them talk about things like protection, protection from victimization, protection from their peers as a reason. Other people note the sense of family and the fact that in their own lives, they don't really have a sense of purpose or a sense of community. And they really seek out a gang to fill that void in their life. And so that's kind of how we conceptualize gang membership in this study, is really seeing it as a coping mechanism for something in their life that they're generally dissatisfied with. And is status one of the factors as well? Absolutely. Having a reputation for adolescents is a big factor for any adolescents, really, is that sense of identity. And that's no different for gangs and kids who are looking for gangs to help them with their status. So among gang members, that status-seeking behavior is absolutely part of it. We're talking on InfoTrack with Chris Meldy, Associate Professor of Criminal Justice at Michigan State University, and we're talking about the fact that mental health problems go along with the youth who belong to gangs. Just to clarify what we've been talking about, is it a fact then that those young people who have mental health problems are predisposed to join gangs? Well, it definitely suggests that in our data. So kids who already had elevated levels of depression, who already had elevated levels of thinking about suicide, as well as kids who have attempted suicide in the past, they were more likely to join gangs. And so there was some pre-existing conditions that already suggested that kids who end up joining gangs have these issues. What our study then went on to also find was that when kids join a gang, those issues worsen. So they're exacerbated by the gang environment. 
And that really goes along with a number of different research studies on the effects of gang membership, suggesting that gangs don't really help. And they don't help in ways that kids oftentimes are assuming they will. So past studies have shown that gang membership increases victimization. It doesn't decrease victimization. These are some of the reasons that we've tried to figure out, do gangs help in certain ways? And so in many of those studies, what we found is actually gangs end up making those underlying problems much worse. Was there anything in your research that points to how we could discourage young people from joining gangs or perhaps get them to leave the gang membership? In this bit of research, we didn't look at that, but there have been other studies throughout the United States, throughout the world, that have looked at different programs, policies that can dissuade gang membership or help get kids out of gang membership. And some have been found to work. The majority have not, unfortunately. There's one school-based program called the uh, Gang Resistance Education and Training. I was actually involved in the national evaluation of that program, and that's one of the few that seemed to have an effect where it actually reduced future gang membership. Unfortunately, though, studies or widespread programs really haven't been found to be all that effective as of yet. And so we're still out there trying to figure out best practices to do just that. Do you plan any uh, future research into this same topic? Yes. There's a number of different ongoing studies or studies that recently completed that have tracked a large number of youth across time, of which some of them are gang involved. And so within those studies, you know, we have different measures, both similar to and different than the ones we used in this study. And so we are continuing to look and try to isolate the effects of gang membership on things like mental health, on behaviors, as well as future outcomes as these one-time gang members go move into early adulthood. You know, what's the impact on lifetime earnings? What's the impact on the probability of arrest in young adults and things like that? And this is important because what we find is most youth, even though they're gang involved as an adolescent, most youth get out of gangs fairly quickly within one or two years. And so it's not a lifetime decision, which is oftentimes assumed or popularized in the media. And so these kids are going to go on to do something in their lives that we want to know What's the effect of that short-term, even one-year or two-year involvement in the gang on their later life outcome? So we're looking at mental health in this study. We intend to do so in the future, but we're also going to look across a lot of different domains. Quality of marriage, quality of parenting, intergenerational transmission of violence, things like that. How does gang membership affect these outcomes later in life? If I'm someone listening who has children and I'm concerned that they might be uh, looking to join a gang, about what age would you suggest parents start talking to their kids about this topic? This is a great question because many times people assume that gang membership peaks in the early stages of adulthood. What we often find is that kids start joining gangs around the ages of 12 to 14. And oftentimes that peak membership age, depending on kind of location or neighborhood, it generally is right around that age group, between 12 to 15, right around in there. And so you'd want to start talking earlier than that. Not only parents, but schools or community centers, that's when you want to start looking at those risk factors and indicators that youth might be starting to hang out with gangs. And so that's typically the ages you want to start. Right around maybe 11 or 12 years old is really focusing on their exposure to gangs and other gang members. Are there programs in schools to dissuade kids from joining gangs? Yes. There's a few programs that are national in perspective. There's a number of local programs as well where people try to identify kids and maybe focus the resources on kids who are particularly at risk. There's also general school-based programs as well. 
I mentioned one earlier that's probably the largest one in the United States. It's the Gang Resistance Education and Training Program. It goes by the name GREAT, and that is oftentimes delivered in schools, delivered by school resource officers or police officers who are located within schools. That one is the only one that has been replicated across place and across time and suggests that it has an impact on gang membership or reduces gang membership in that following year. Unfortunately, like I said before, there's not a lot of scientific evidence related to many of these gang prevention programs to suggest whether they work or not. Chris Meldy, Associate Professor of Criminal Justice at Michigan State University. Professor, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, thank you for having me. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.